Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. I'm Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. Actually, I think Tim will be back in the captain's chair on Friday for Trivia Friday. I'm joined in studio by in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Ed. And Chris Woodward. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Well, um, folks, happy Wednesday to you. Halfway through the week, I'm just going to say right now, in case my wife is listening, her birthday is coming up on Sunday. And uh, yes, for those of you who know what day Sunday is, she is a treat. Just a delight. So anyway, I think she was going to be listening today. So I'll just get some bonus points there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so will you be giving her um, Snickers bar? Snickers bar? Or an apple, you know, treats? Diet Coke and cough drinks. No, I better come up with more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and she does not drink Diet Coke no. like I do. She's a coffee drinker. Now, you, you guys... In the morning, coffee? Coffee. The yes. newsroom runs on coffee. Okay. Uh, Chad and Steve run on the Holy Spirit. They don't <laughs> consume coffee. Uh, it's it's by the grace of God that they remain energized throughout the day. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right, Chris, get us uh, get us started. Full clarification. The rest of us do have the Holy Spirit in us, but I'm just trying <laughs> well, to think of something that was else. Just, uh, I was just, that was what it I didn't want to start a my prayer head, chain but... for everybody else in the, all the sinners in the newsroom. <laughs> all right. Who run on coffee, <laughs> yes. forsaking the anointing. Hey, you know, God made coffee. On the, on the eighth day, he brewed it for Adam and Eve. Okay. Um, so in all seriousness, we have a lot to cover today. And certainly this is a show called Today's Issues. And hardly an hour goes by now without hearing something about Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, this is that portion of Virginia where a lot of people for months now have been critical of the local school board, the school system for promoting and pushing controversial things like race and gender ideology uh, materials for kids, things that kids don't need to be told or taught in a school. Um, but in recent days, weeks really, you had this incident where you had a sexual assault in a bathroom at one of the schools there in Loudoun County and people have gone to school board meetings to confront school board officials about this, the superintendent. Uh, one of the stories that Fox News has on this today uh, is that now parents are demanding the superintendent and the school board officials resign uh, over an alleged sexual assault email. Uh, initially, it was reported that they didn't know that this had happened, that this incident of uh, a boy assaulting a girl in a girl's bathroom in one of the schools uh, they said it didn't happen. They questioned the existence of it. There were news reports saying that it never happened. Uh, but in recent days, we have learned that that's not true. I, I think, by the way, pre- former President Barack Obama also su- suggested that it was a, a, a made-up story. Yeah, there have been a lot of people that have uh, dismissed this as fake news. You know, right. that's the common term now that's thrown out there for things that uh, people don't agree with. Uh, and we actually reported this a couple of days ago in a newscast. You had the uh, the teenage boy uh, found guilty of sexually assaulting that classmate in a girl's bathroom still faces a court hearing and another appearance. The dad, Scott Smith, says his family is planning on suing the school system. There's a lot here, Fred, uh, that's been going on. You actually talked a lot about it at length with Bishop Jackson last night on Abe Show. Yeah, we learned yesterday that the uh, student has been found guilty of sexual assault in that first, and that occurred at Stonebridge mm-hmm. High School in Loudoun County. 
Now, what we didn't know, but we're finding out these details, after the incident in that, so he goes into the girl's washroom dressed, we are told, like a girl. Right. And, and, and claiming to be a girl. And right. claiming to be a girl, sexually assaulted. So he's, uh, he's, he's found guilty of that. But a few days later, uh, actually sometimes later, uh, apparently he was transferred to another school and Broad Run High School there in Loudoun County where allegedly he sexually assaulted another girl. And this is why it has one of the reasons why parents in Loudoun County, their their tempers are boiling. Mm-hmm. It's And I hope there is a thorough investigation of this. Did that school board know about the first incident and the way they dealt with it is to try to cover it up and then send that boy to another high school where allegedly he is charged with try, doing the same thing again? Right. This this and then of course on top of that and I think Chris just alluded to it, the dad of the first girl who was sexually mm-hmm. assaulted, rightly so, goes to the school board and and wants to know what's going on here because they're they're d- discussing their transgender policy. They were going to be making some changes. Yes, to it and broadening. He says, "Wait a minute, what about my daughter sexually assaulted?" And the reason he got upset, he's because there were people at the at that meeting who said, you're lying, Dad. Mm-hmm. Right. This never happened to your daughter. It did not happen. And that's why you're seeing the video of the altercation. He gets really upset. And you can under have some sympathy for this man just for a second. Sure. His daughter has been sexually assaulted. He's going to the school board because he wants to know what's going on and to speak out against this transgender policy. And you've got somebody, I assume another parent, sitting there or someone else saying, you're lying, sir. That never happened to your daughter. You can understand why he was a little upset. Now, we do not condone if there was punching or shoving or anything of that nature. We're not. But you can at least understand in that moment Mm -hmm. why that man was so upset. And uh, my understanding also is that the young man now, because uh, he's a minor, right? So his name has not been released. That's That's standard procedure for the media that's the way it's supposed to supposed to happen um but my understanding is when he was before a judge that he confessed to the the first one yeah to the to, so th- this is this is something I, I am assuming a lawsuit is either underway or imminent from this dad uh against the school board against the school against you know be, because of the way that it was handled just kind of shuffling this offender from one place to another and then accusing those who have cried out about the assault uh, of lying and faking it or, yeah. or you know, uh, exaggerating or whatever. So the, part of the reason as well that the dad got upset is because Loudoun County, being one of the most liberal counties in the country, yes. I mean, this goes back – years i'm not just talking about the transgender policy Mm -hmm. that they were preparing to broaden which is why the dad showed up uh even before transgender was a thing they were uh being criticized for their uh sexual education Mm -hmm. uh lunacy i mean just terrible things that this county has been doing Mm -hmm. and for all for all of those folks who 
think that California or Massachusetts are the only place where you have these whack jobs. Anywhere the progressives take over, this is the kind of thing you can expect. Sure. Your daughter was assaulted in a restroom by a man, by a young man claiming to be a woman wearing a dress or whatever. We don't care. Mm -hmm. This is all about the transgender yes. movement. And, you know, that has always been our point with, for example, the situation at Target. I've interviewed you for years about uh, the incidents that have occurred in bathrooms and dressing rooms at Target. Uh, I've also interviewed Walker. I've covered this since the situation began. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, Target a couple of years ago when North Carolina tried to pass legislation telling people you've got to use the bathroom or the changing room for the gender in which you were given at birth, uh, Target thumbed its nose at that and said, hey, if you're transgender, use whatever room you want to. Brick, come on in. We love you. Right. We want to be inclusive. Now, they bragged about it. Yes. One of the things that Ed has told me on a number of occasions is that our concern was people were going to take advantage of that policy, and that policy being the one meant for transgender people, uh, perverts were going to take advantage of that policy, and things like what we're talking about here in Loudoun County will happen. And it's not just at Target stores. It's happening in schools now. In this case, uh, Loudoun County. What is very interesting is that it's not just parents, grown adults, that are angry and upset with uh, school board officials. Steve came across this, and uh, he cut the audio for us. This is an eighth grader in Loudoun Public Schools handing the school board its hat over the cover-up of the sexual assault. Clip three. I'm Maddie in an eighth grade, but in the next eight months, I'm going to be walking the halls of a public high school. You've covered these assaults like you spilled your bottles. It's ridiculous and unreasonable on how Loudoun County is approaching the situation. More than one in five girls have been assaulted on school grounds. You think moving this criminal will help? What would help him is that he's locked up and suffer the consequences like we learned when we were five. It's morally wrong what he did, but a new school just means more new victims for him. Something needs to happen and things need to change. Everyone knew this was going to happen just a matter of time. When will you listen? Are you striving that hard for national attention? Time's up. If you're going to treat every situation like this and act so unprofessional, then maybe you should just resign, just like your bestie, Beth Bartz. One day, most of you all will be recalled, and the parents will keep their promise. Just watch one by one. Now, some people may think, well, you're in eighth grade, but here's the thing. She's going to be old enough to vote in not that long, uh, and people have already said we're going to vote all you school board people out. She's seemingly going to be in that group in the uh, not-too-distant future. Well, first of all, uh, kudos to this young lady. What, what was her name? Did she... I don't have the name. Okay. Uh, but kudos to her for being bold mm -hmm. and articulate and speaking up for herself and her fellow uh, female classmates who – would obviously be the ones targeted when people take advantage of these new regulations. And uh, so it, it gives me great hope for the future that we have young people who are willing to uh, take a stand. I, I was a little surprised by, I don't know where she got the statistics. She said one in five. She Did she say yep. one in five she of, her cla of her she classmates, did. fellow classmates, have been assaulted mm -hmm. on school grounds? That's what she said. That's what she said. I don't know where she got those statistics, but that is outrageous if true. I don't yeah. know whether that's unique to Loudoun County. I don't know if that's where, if she got statistics that were specific mm -hmm. to Loudoun County public schools or if this is more of a national uh, statistic. I don't know, but that's sh shocking if, yeah. if true. And, you know um – Loudoun County is that one place where uh, you had that school boards association uh, writing a letter to the White House saying, people are being mean to us, we feel threatened, 
uh, we need your assistance. And now the DOJ is, you know, investigating parents and acts of violence, threats at school board officials, things like that. Certainly, we've spent a long time uh, on this show talking about how a lot of these instances are not violent. This is overreaction. And, of course, the School Boards Association has now said, well, you know, we used some language in that letter that was not appropriate. It was extreme. We apologize and regret what we said. Uh, and you've got the Attorney General of the United States appearing before senators today talking about that. Well, um, and and just an update. He was just uh, challenged by Republican Senator Grassley, mm-hmm. the Attorney General of the United States. Now that we know that uh, the initial letter that the School Board Association sent to the White House a couple of things. They worked on it with the White House. Now that we know that one of the principals in writing that letter has now got a new job at the White House, now that they have apologized for the language that they used, Senator Grassley asked the Attorney General this morning as the hearing opened, are you now going to rescind your memo about sending FBI agents into school board meetings? Attorney General said no. Right. And that's that's what we talked about on the show yesterday is that just because this school board association has apologized for the language they yeah. use does not mean that they then ask the Justice Department to back away from going after parents who show up at these school board meetings. So they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And I am not surprised that Attorney General Merrick Garland said, no, we're not going to do that because... The only ones who are really criminals in this society, if you listen to the loony left, are conservatives, Christians, and people who voted for Donald Trump. They're the real threat to this country. It's not COVID coming across the border with illegal immigrants pouring in, no. all right? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, it's not real radicals like the potential for Islamic radicals to have come across that southern border, mm. okay? No, it's parents showing up at the Loudoun County School yeah. board meetings, that's who's... And Grassley really uh, pressed him on this because part of the memo is basically a snitch line. Right. Yeah. You know, that the yeah. school board member can say, uh, Mr. Brown over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of worried about him because he got red in the face and angry over a particular issue. So, uh, uh, Attorney General Garland, if you get a report like that, what are you going to do with it? Well, we're going to investigate it. So all of a sudden, Mr. Brown is going to get a phone call from the FBI. Right. Or he's going to get a visit at his office or his home from the FBI. Uh, we'd like to talk to you about your opposition about to your actions. transgender policies. Right. We'd like to know where you stand on that. And you think word's not going to spread around parents? Exactly. That they're going to get a visit from the FBI? Exactly. If they show up and, yep. and uh, trash talk, so yeah. to speak, with, yeah. the, with the school board? Mm-hmm. Which is a part of American politics, you know. Yes. You gotta, you can, if you can't stand the heat, you mm-hmm. get out of the kitchen. That's what I was always, always told. If you're going to be on a school board and you're going to treat parents like dirt, and like Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor of Virginia, you're going to tell parents to butt out. Yeah. Okay. Then you're going to have to expect some blowback, and if then you are able to bring the full might of the federal government in. For a local issue, this is insane. This is insane. I know that the, that the left is going to these lengths to squelch any opposing opinion. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is the politicization of a country's justice department. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which happens 
it, it happened under the Obama administration. If it happened under the Trump administration, I haven't heard that it did. If it had, I would have been opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the federal government ought to be sticking its nose where it's constitutionally not allowed to stick its nose. Yeah. And now we ha- but, but now we have under the Biden administration what happened under the uh, Obama administration. It seems to be standard operating procedure for the left anymore. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do this. Um, there was a parent uh, earlier today, um, Stacy Langton, uh, talking about peacefully protesting uh, at the. <laughs> And then uh, four days later, uh, showing up at the uh, Loudoun County School Board meetings to find tons of federal agents there. This was audio from uh, Stacy Langton to Fox and Friends, clip 12. We had actually done a protest at the Department of Justice on Sunday, October 17th. So four days prior to the school board meeting, uh, we were there at 3 p.m. on Constitution Avenue, standing in front of the Department of Justice. And, you know, we had about 45 parents and we had a very peaceful, uneventful protest for one hour. Um, There were many uh, DHS uh, marked vehicles at the DOJ with us that day. And... um, you know, then we go to the school board meeting on Thursday night, and all of a sudden, this has never happened before. Um, we have federal vehicles there. We had the uh, DHS vehicle that you saw, um, which I posted a picture of. I took that photo. And we had several of the um, what they call ghost cars, which are the unmarked police vehicles for different agencies. Um, some may have been Fairfax County, some may have been FBI. You know, they were charcoal gray, they were the white ones. And then we had a helicopter, a literal, a literal helicopter overhead, you know, that was circling crazy you know you know where this didn't happen what she just described at all the black lives matter riots right in minneapolis and seattle and portland oregon when there was sure enough violence going on Mm -hmm. oh yes yeah Uh, despite cnn reporters saying it's mostly mostly peaceful Yeah. yeah so the parents go down to the justice department of course uh fairfax county not loudon county yeah They go down and they do a peaceful protest outside the Justice Department on a Sunday. I mean, downtown Washington, D.C., not a lot of traffic on a Sunday. So they have peaceful protests. Four days later, the feds show up at the school board meeting. Don't tell me that Attorney General Garland doesn't know this. Well, and let me tell you something else that happened. I I can't prove this. I'm just telling you this this is the world we live in. Don't tell me that the feds didn't take down license plate numbers oh, sure. of all the people who are at the protest. Yes. And don't tell me they're not on some list now. Yeah. They are. And that is that is the federal government going beyond its constitutional uh, limits. And as you said, it's the politicization, that's not an easy word to say, uh, of, the, of the federal government, the Justice Department. You know, I... I I fear this is also going to come back to haunt the FBI in one way because, uh, you know, from time to time we have um, horrible acts of terrorism or, you know, violence and things like that. And then you find out weeks or months later that maybe the FBI was – they knew about this individual, they were watching the the individuals, and then they decided there's nothing there and they didn't do anything about it. They could have prevented it, things like that. What if, God forbid, something happens uh, in the future and – the FBI didn't do anything about it. People are going to say it's because they had all these agents following parents that were upset with school board officials. Yeah, and, it will happen. And we do want to. We do, I do want to take a step back from the brink here, okay? Because Tim is always careful to point out, and we want to point out. I am sure there are a lot, probably the vast majority 
of the on the street kind of rank and file FBI members, the agents do a great job. And the opposite of what you just said probably is true as well. There are probably terror terror events that were prevented mm. by the FBI, sure. and they so they do do a great job. I'm talking about the people at the top that are wielding the sword. Okay, I'm not talking. The agents follow orders; they go where they're sent. Yeah. If there were agents at at uh, Loudoun County, like as I, I think that was where Fairfax. the woman was Fairfax. Fairfax. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fairfax. If there were agents there, it's because their boss told them to go. Yes. So I want to be careful. And, and make sure we point out that we are talking about the establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call those who are in charge, those who get appointed by the uh, administration in charge who are making the call on where we're going to send agents. That helicopter that was there, I have little doubt that the individual, this lady, was telling the truth. It was a helicopter, you know, tr flying around. That's not a cheap thing to send out. I mean, you don't you don't just send out a helicopter to fly around. You're talking about fuel costs, you know, man hours, whatever they pay to have a helicopter mm -hmm. pilot fly. That is an expense incurred uh, by the U.S. government for something that somebody decided it should be done. This is important. Yeah. All right, let's do it juxtapose. So we got a Justice Department tracking parents right. that might be upset about <clears throat> school board policy. At the same time, and this came up this morning in this hearing that's just started in the Senate uh, with the Attorney General Garland, Senator Grassley said, okay, uh, we're tracking parents, et cetera, et cetera. You still get that memo to track parents. Uh, let's talk about Andrew McCabe, former assistant director of the FBI. This Justice Department just dismissed the case against Andrew McCabe, who we know lied under oath. This is during the whole Russia collusion right. investigation. The Justice Department just said, you know what? We don't have enough proof to convict uh, Mr. McCabe. So we're going to uh, up uh, his retirement pay, $200,000. Not only that, we just found out this morning, we're going to pay Andrew McCabe's lawyer $500,000 fees, the taxpayers of America. So Andrew McCabe lies under oath. Right. We're, uh, we really don't think we could make a case against him. Yeah. But mom in Fairfax County, we're going to track her. Right. We're sending agents out to track her. Yeah. We're going to send a helicopter, put a spotlight on her. Yeah. Good gracious. Is this America? Well, it is not the America we all grew up in. Mm. This is the this is the America that we are the America we're describing. Lunacy on one end, you know, a drift towards totalitarian uh, heavies and and uh, leg breakers on the other. Yeah. And it's, it, we're, we're, we're telling people this, folks, if you're listening and you're going, wow, first of all, I didn't know this was going on. Second of all, what do we do? Okay. First of all, you stay informed. You get equipped to vote, to run for school boards, to show up and speak at school boards. And, uh, folks, elections have consequences. It would be a sad thing to see this country drift away from its liberties and its freedoms simply because people don't take the time to get informed and vote. Half of people who are of voting age in this country are not even registered, and only half of those who are registered are bothered to vote. 
folks, that ain't good enough anymore. You better pay attention to what's happening because it can all go away. All right. How's that for bright, shiny uh, uh, news on a Wednesday? I have a riddle. Okay. All right. I'm going to pose the question. Which U.S. state has the lowest COVID-19 rate right now? We will tell you the answer when we come back after the break. All right. We're Which a short state break. in the country? Oh. Lowest COVID rate. Okay. All right. We'll be back in a couple of minutes, folks. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. You know, when Matthew 19, the the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, (laughs) marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. During the Trump administration, a terrible malady befell the land, not the China virus. It was Trump derangement syndrome. And sadly, there is no cure for that disease. Even to this day, leftists are triggered by the mere mention of the president's name. Among the most at-risk categories are school teachers, CNN news anchors, and Democrats, and also pizza delivery guys. From Cleveland, Ohio, comes word of a Papa John's delivery guy who nearly ran another motorist off the road. The motorist was flying a giant Trump flag from the bed of his truck. The delivery guy threatened to beat the living daylights out of the Trump supporter. You can watch the video on my website. Papa John's tells me they were horrified by what they saw and have fired the delivery man. At the very least, the Trump supporter should get a free pizza, maybe throw in some wings and breadsticks, too. By the way, you can download my free podcast available right now at ToddStarge.com. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 
1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And welcome back, folks. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Before we go to our guest, Fred, you can't leave, leave us uh, hanging here. What was the, okay, the question the, that you posed here to the, the listening audience? Here's the question. Which U.S. state has the lowest COVID-19 rate right now? It is not California. Even though California is home to America's strictest mask and vaccine requirements. And nor it's not Vermont, even though 71% of residents there have been fully inoculated, the most of the country. Wow. So not California, not Vermont. Guess what state? States, let me think. Oh, there's states, bad states like Florida and Texas, Florida. You know, well, I guess op- open up business. Went to the break. I guess I said it's got to be either Texas or Florida. It is Florida. Florida. That How is that up, possible? That opened up. Take that, Dr. Fauci. Yes. <laughs> Take that, Dr. Fauci. He criticized, the president has criticized Florida, how terrible you are. You're opening up. You're against masks. You're, you're leaving it up to parents Look to Look at decide. all those football stadiums in Florida. Exactly. All the beaches open, yeah. all of that sort of thing. Right today, they have the lowest COVID-19 rate in the country. I, I will say that if you are concerned about large crowds, the stadium where the Dolphins play is a great place to go because no one is watching <laughs> that team. Uh, because to to quote the Bible, they stinketh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to, to paraphrase, I should say. Paraphrase they the- are not tuna safe, <laughs> that Dolphins team. So that that's interesting. I, I wonder if uh, the puppy killer, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, yeah. uh, I wonder if he knows that and what he would say. Uh, I bet she knows it, and he's not going to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Even no. if he did, his answer on Tuesday would be different from Thursday and then the following Saturday. I bet you Governor Ron DeSantis may be calling a news conference today. To announce. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. He, who ins- he, he's been insulted, uh, Governor DeSantis, on a number of occasions. I don't know about just by just average celebrities, but... Also, didn't President Biden oh, yes. insult Pre- him? President Biden has basically... Call him a Neanderthal? And, well, Neanderthal yeah, thinking? That, yeah, yeah. Te- that was uh, with regards to Texas. But he has threatened the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. He said, and of course, he's gotten together with his uh, teachers union, Biden has with the teachers union folks down there, and we're going to protect you against DeSantis. Yeah. And this, you know, the masks not required in classrooms and all that sort of thing. So... Uh, I, I tell you what, Ron DeSantis, it, it's an interesting day for him. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, we, we I know we brought you down in the first segment. That was a lot. That, that, that's a lot to take. We're sympathetic to the fact that sometimes those kinds of stories like we're dealing with make you want to pull your hair out. So we are going to transition now to something that is going to Turn your focus to Jesus and to the one who's really in charge, and that's God Almighty. A great story uh, and a great guest, Rodney Williams, who is president and founder of Club Meth to Christ Ministries. And Rodney's been on this program before, probably been on other shows as well. Rodney, welcome back to Today's Issues. 
Hey, good to be back. Well, we're up here in North Mississippi uh, in a school sitting here in the classroom right now. And uh, it's Red Ribbon Week uh, where we uh, go about and share the awareness of, of drugs and, and their, their effects on people and uh, making the right choices, you know, that we don't want to we don't want to live that kind of life. Yes, sir. Well, and uh, so Rodney, I, I, I want you I want you to know we we I was very careful to pronounce pronounce the name of this ministry correctly, Club Meth. This is not Club Med, folks. This is Club Meth to Christ. Rodney, uh, share just a little bit of your testimony uh, about how Jesus Christ delivered you from uh, crystal meth, from drugs, and why your heart was burdened to uh, to follow the Lord's leading and minister to people who might be struggling in this area. Well, in 2002, after 20-something years of drug addiction, I was hopeless, homeless. Uh, my whole life was a, a complete wreck, cooking methamphetamines in a small trailer, had the doors bolted down because of fear and paranoia, and the fumes built up, and the spark went off the heat lamp, and the whole trailer ignited, and I'm surrounded by flames, and I uh, began to unlock the door, and the door comes open and run outside with second, third-degree burns. Uh, I would walk down to these people's house at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they would rush me to the hospital. And on that way to the hospital, I was finally broken, and I hated my life that I thought would satisfy me and, and, and bring me joy. It made me miserable, and death felt like a victory, and that's what I did that night. I, I died to myself. I died to the life I'd lived and cried out to Jesus to save me uh, to save me from my sins, and I would follow him. And, and that night, I became a follower of Jesus Christ, and I would go through um, uh, three months in skin grass, wound care, the different things. And, uh, God would direct me to the home of grace, the Christian rehabilitation center, where he would transform me, change me, uh, fill me with the Holy spirit and, and experience his true joy and true peace, everything that God is. And I found what I've been looking for through Jesus Christ. And, uh, God would call me to preach and would go to college and then, pastor for eight years, and I've been a full-time evangelist now for right at eight years also, and uh, wrote the book Club Master Christ, Once an Addict, Now Free, and we, we uh, do prison ministry across the nation and go out and, and try and share how to be free, not just be sober and clean, but to be free through Christ Jesus. Uh, uh, you be clean and sober and be miserable, but through Christ Jesus, you can experience freedom and the joy that God designed us to have. Rodney, let me ask you this. You said on that night where you were uh, taken to the hospital that you died to self and gave your heart to Christ. Why did you pick Jesus? Had had anyone been ministering to you or preaching the gospel? How, how did you know that he was your answer? Well, I was brought up in church. You know, I was brought up in church, and I knew about Jesus. I always tell people, I, I want to go to heaven. I just want to live like hell. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, I I'd never died to my sins and died to my my plan and my agenda, and 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 and, and turned to the Lordship of Jesus Christ to follow Him. Uh, and because I kept holding on to the world, thinking something in that world was going to satisfy me, make me happy, and complete me. But everything I tried, everything there was to try, the drugs, the sex, the different things, and I was still miserable, horribly. Uh, heartbroken that what I had tried in the world had made me miserable. Uh, but when I did come to Christ, I found everything I was looking for. Rodney, let me ask you this. Uh, and, uh, you know, this country seems to be, I, I don't know the statistics, 
uh, of the number of the percentage of people who I'm not sure anybody can come up with these kinds of uh, statistics. Uh, so I don't know the, the 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 number or or the percentage of people who are addicted to drugs. Uh, but I I do know just from reading and from watching the news and. Uh, having been a pastor myself for many years and living in a community where you hear about this one or that one, uh, it, it's, it seems as if drugs are hollowing out this country like never before. Uh, what have you found? You've been doing this, you, I think you said, since 2002. So yes, that's 19 years you were involved with drugs before that. What what are you seeing, especially as state after state seems to be um, uh, uh, voting in recreational use of marijuana? What have you been seeing in terms of the trends? Is it just uh, just my own imagination, or is this country becoming more and more addicted to uh, substances like meth, oh, marijuana, yeah, absolutely. whatever? Absolutely. They're turning away from God and trying to find a substitute, a solution for their lives, and they're turning to drugs. And Just to give you some statistics, in 2019, there were 72,151 uh, 72, drug overdoses, deaths, and then the rise in 2020 was 93,331. Uh, in other words, that's almost 20,000 increase from 2019 to 2020, a 30% increase, uh, and uh, the majority of them were opioids which are pain relievers and uh let's see in 2019 there was like 51,000 opioid uh overdoses deaths and in 2020s uh almost 20,000 more which is right at 70,000 and uh and fentanyl is is the synthetic opioid is 70 like 75 percent of those opioid opioid uh deaths which come from china which they're pumping across our borders these open borders we have right now so that should give you a clear indication well uh rodney let me just say this uh, like i said i didn't know the statistics but you'd have to have your head in the sand to to not get a sense that as the country i love love the way you put it as people more and more people in this country turn away from god they're only their only outlet for a lot of these people when they become hopeless or when they're depressed or when they're fearful is to try to medicate that. And it is drugs are destroying individualized families, churches, entire communities. Uh, it in, infests our schools. And, uh, and what's the human response to that? Well, let's let's legalize the use of marijuana. I know there's arguments out there that people make. Um, that it's not a gateway drug. It, it, it clearly must be a gateway drug, but the fact of the matter is these people are all looking to something other than Jesus. I'm going to give you 60 seconds, give a message of hope to people, and then give your website so people can find out more about your ministry. Well, uh, the, uh, everything I was looking for in the world, I found it in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for please, uh, that, that he is the fullness, the completeness of all things through Christ Jesus, his intimate presence. And when I pressed into his intimate presence, I found everything I was looking for. I'm not tempted by the drugs and alcohol. I found the pearl of great price and everything this world's got to offer uh, will not satisfy you. Uh, we offer our books free of charge. Anybody in prison, anybody just wants a book, uh, all I need is their address. They'll just uh, 
the what you mentioned at the very beginning, clubmethtochrist.com is our website. And if they'll just go there and go to contact and send me their address, no questions asked, we'll send both books to them free of charge. And we send them out across the country in prison ministry. And uh, we just want to show people how to be free. Well, Rod, that's Rodney Williams, folks, the voice you are listening to, who's the founder of the ministry Club Meth to Christ. And the website is Club Meth, that's M-E-T-H, clubmethtochrist.com. Rodney, thank you for what you do, and thank you for being on with us today. Thank you so much. You know, Rodney just mentioned one of the big problems right now is our open borders. Right. Do you know that he mentioned fentanyl? Yes. That uh, prior to the Biden administration, there might be a few hundred pounds of that coming across the southern border. The Border Patrol people say that's now being measured in tons, tons of fentanyl coming across our open borders right now. Well, Fred, that just just angers me because the Biden administration and these lunatics on the far left that are running this country completely ignore human nature mm-hmm. because because they hate God. Yes. Tim says this all the time. I fully right. agree. I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It might have been true, but I would have given them the benefit of the doubt. But these people, they hate God. They hate the Bible. They don't want to hear about human nature. But when you swing the door wide open like Joe Biden did when he was running for president, we encourage a surge and people come across that border who else do you think are going to come across that border? It's not just people who want a better life. It's, it's, it's not even just coyotes that are human uh, involved in human trafficking. It is these drug cartels. Yes. And they are, going to, they are going to make sure that they get as much of these illicit drugs across that border as they can. And the sheer stupidity yeah. of these people in the Biden administration, this is evil this is demonic. The devil knows this country has a serious problem with drugs, and the, the devil wants people hooked on this stuff and dying, like, yeah. like Rodney was talking about. And the Biden administration is facilitating this. Absolutely complicit yeah. in this. All right, folks, I had to get that off my chest. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, it's just it, – it's just – it is. That's how I'm going to. I'm not going to do. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> no. Well, well, well. Listen, it's just. It's very frustrating. We ought to, to be. To we it. ought to be angry about this. Yes. This is our. This is this. The young people of this country. This is. I, I mean, you you mentioned the the cartels. They're paying teenagers a thousand dollars to go out and pick up other little kids to bring them across the border. Yes. I mean, these are evil people on yes. both sides of the border. Right. And, <laughs> I. I and Joe Biden, what he's caring about is climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one could say that not doing anything about it to protect those individuals is also evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to let me just take a deep breath, folks. <laughs> just going to think about I'm going to church tonight. We've got a, you know, a, a, a gathering for the little kids. Mm. It's hot dogs. It's, it's candy. I'm just going to think about that. All right, Amen. because Amen. there there are a lot of good people in this country. There are a lot of good churches, folks. If you're not involved in a church, you need Amen. to get involved in a church Amen. that preaches the gospel. Amen. Because you are going to find you will find some righteous indignation, like you're here on this program. 
but you will also find the hope that is in Jesus Christ. We heard about that from Rodney Williams. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to uh, switch gears again. A little <laughs> bit of whiplash, folks. And let's talk about some of our brothers and sisters around the world who are undergoing tremendous persecution and what you can do to encourage your brothers and sisters. We want to welcome one of the fine young people in our ministry, Cedra Sarton, uh, who is content coordinator for Engage. Uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me on. And let's talk about the Orange Letter campaign. Let our listeners know about that. Uh, yeah, this is just a campaign where we allow the listeners to write letters to missionaries. This year, we're, we're reaching out to missionaries all over the world uh, in partnership with Global Outreach International. Uh, that's globaloutreach.org if you want to know more about them. And uh, so we're sending letters at Christmas time to the missionaries that they have on the field. Well, now, uh, Orange Letter Campaign. Now, this has been mm -hmm. going on for several years yes, as a uh, an outreach of uh, American Family Association, but also Engage. Mm -hmm. uh, tell our listeners a little bit about Engage, but then also tell our listeners why Orange? Yeah. Uh, well, Engage is just a ministry to reach out to young, we say young Christians. We used to say millennials, but we're we're not as young as we used to be. We're getting older every day. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so young Christians um, from college up to mid-30s is our outreach. And um, the Orange Letter campaign started when there was a video that a lot of people saw of 21 Christians being beheaded on a beach in Egypt. And I think everybody remembers that. And they were all wearing these orange jumpsuits. And that's kind of where we pulled um, the the name Orange Letter Campaign from. And that right after that happened, we were in partnership with a different ministry. And we were able to actually send letters to the families that, the, that those men left behind that year. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, those of the uh, uh, Egyptian Coptic Christians yes. that were beheaded. Terrible, terrible moment. Uh, you know, th th was that ISIS, by the way, that did that, or was that just? Uh, I'm trying to remember what faction that was that uh, that murdered I believe them. It was okay. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so what the Orange Letter campaign has done yeah. has is uh, tried to focus the attention of Christians in this country on those countries where. It really does cost mm -hmm. to be a Christian, right? Yes, it does. And so we were able to reach out uh, in the following years to Syria. And then North uh, North Korea was an interesting um, venture because we were not able to actually give letters in hand to the Christians there. But we were able to um, have them broadcasted through radio across the border. And so the ones over there, because they couldn't have them in hand, but they could have a radio. Yeah. And uh, and then there's no evidence there of them ever having a letter. So that was the safest way for them. Mm -hmm. And then um, Nigeria, I think a lot of people who listen to this radio station have heard of the things that happened in Nigeria, happened right. to Christians. And their church is being burned down, and, and they're being killed every day for their beliefs. Uh, so we were able to do that. Before we partnered, um, we started partnering with Global Outreach, they uh, saw a need for their missionaries on the ground, the ones that are working with these Christians all over the world. And their time of need was well, always, but Christmas time, especially when they're separated from their families, when they would normally go and have dinner with mom and dad and, and everything, well, they can't do that now. So um, just letting them know um, that they're loved by Christians all over the world and that they're being prayed for is very important. 
All right. Well, Cedra, uh, let our listeners know how they can uh, get it. Can they still get involved? In they this? can. Yes. Um, the the deadline, the absolute deadline is November the 5th. So you have a little over a week to get your letter in. But if you go to engagemagazine.net, you can. It, it's got a form there that's really easy to fill out and go through. And you can write your letter and send that in. And you can also um, opt in for a free T-shirt. This is our first year to do that. Um, that's all on the website if you want to see what it looks like. And you will also get uh, two bookmarks, and these bookmarks have a place for you to write who you're praying for and everything as a reminder to carry with you. And we give you two because we want you to give one away, give one to somebody so they can do the same thing. All right. What's the website again? EngageMagazine.net. EngageMagazine.net. Cedra Sarton, thank you. Content coordinator for Engage. Thank you for this ministry and this outreach, and thank you for all you do for this ministry. And I look forward to your letter, Ed. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I got to write one now, so yeah. by, by November 5th. Yes, right. thank you. Thank you, Cedric. All right, uh, Chris, we have some time left to um, t- to really bring our people down. Well, you know? well, let's uh, – here's some food for thought that I think could, uh, could end the segment as we go into break, and the legendary Steve Jordahl comes on um, – the well-dressed Steve Jordan comes on always, and uh, and comes on and talks about uh, various things. Um, you know, we live in a society where one is allowed to go to court for all kinds of things. Some of them are head scratchers. Some of them are things that people should go to court for. This is from CNN, which makes it totally true, right? Yes. Okay. This <laughs> well is actually played, in sir. CNN's uh, things you need to know today. Down at the bottom, uh, they have a uh, breakfast brow section, and it's a lot of human interest type stuff. This is an actual story. Um, a Kellogg's customer has filed a $5 million lawsuit alleging that strawberry Pop-Tarts don't contain enough strawberries. <laughs> I'm reading from the article here. A class action lawsuit filed by Illinois resident Anita Harris in August alleges the brand's marketing is misleading because they give people the impression the fruit filling contains a greater relative and absolute amount of strawberries than it does. The lawsuit also focuses on the health benefits that come from strawberries citing a WebMD description stating that strawberries, or strawberries, as our British people would say, (laughs) protect your heart, increase HDL or good cholesterol, lower your blood pressure, and guard against cancer. So I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how a a judge is going to rule here. Um, Many years ago, about 20 years ago, a judge in Massachusetts actually had to be brought in to decide whether or not a burrito is a sandwich. This one okay. could be on that same level. All right. For, I'm going to say two things here, Fred, and then we we'll get your reaction. Okay. First, here's the first thing, folks. If you are relying on strawberry Pop-Tarts to get you your daily dose of strawberries, you're hurting in more ways than one. Yeah. Right? Cut, there's a counteracting factor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, come on now. All right. You should be getting your strawberry intake, whatever strawberries provide. You should. And Chris is showing me the actual story. Massachusetts judge settles dispute by ruling burrito is not a sandwich. That case involved a food court. Okay, that is going to go take me to my second point. <laughs> then Fred would get your advice, uh, and then I want to hear about the Atlanta Braves story yes. before we go. So yes, yes, yes. We got to make sure we we work that in. Uh, Fred, here's the other thing. After we just got done this half hour talking about Christians battling addiction to drugs, Mm. and then the Orange Letter campaign, Cedra Sarton was on with us talking about that, about Christians, missionaries 
who are laboring in countries where there's a lot of persecution. In America, all right, we have people worried about how much how much actual strawberries is in the fillings of Pop-Tarts. I'm, I've started, I, I'm probably driving my wife and the rest of my family crazy with this, but I've started putting everything into this framework. Well, that's a first world problem, okay? <laughs> they gave me a small fry instead of a large fry at McDonald's. First world problem. Not enough strawberries in the filling of Pop-Tarts. First world problem. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to do in response to this <laughs> is put on my Judge Judy hat. Yes. All right. What you're going to hear is my gavel for a moment. That's yeah. what she does. Where she does. Get a life. <laughs> Get a life. Yes. Yes. That's my ruling. All right. Get a life. Now, now, now folks, don't misunderstand me. If you have an actual, if an actual harm has been committed against you by a big pop, corporation, by a I say tart. sue them. I thought I'm you were going to say if you've been yes. actually had something wrong by a pop tart. By a pop tart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I've I've looked. I'm coming back to the Braves okay. thing. You know that a one pack of pop tarts, generally speaking, with the two pop tarts, 400 calories. But it says on the box, packed with vitamins and minerals. Yes, it is. Not enough strawberries. All right. All right. Tell our listeners about this this story about yes. the Atlanta Braves. You know, last I got night. into broadcasting to be in sports. So in sports news, <laughs> yeah. um, Braves pitcher Charlie Morton he didn't throw uh, too a lot of innings last night. This is the World Series. Yes, World Series game one, which the Braves won. Uh, after Charlie Morton, he threw about two and a half innings, uh, sixteen pitches on a broken leg. He took a ball to a leg, broke a bone in it, kept pitching, and then apologized it wasn't more after the game. That's a man right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a man's man. <laughs> Line drive off the leg, broken fibula, Yeah, and he continues to pitch. And as you Listen, said this His morning, kids will never be able to complain about, oh, whatever, I pitched the World Series on a broken leg. <laughs> and the story will grow. In the snow, uphill. Uh, and you, you remarked rather snarkily that – uh, that that was much braver than Kurt Schilling pitching with the bloody sock against it, uh, the Yankees. Listen, we, respect we, for we both. Go. <laughs> we got to go, folks. Five-minute break for news when we come back. More of today's issues. Steve Jordahl right around the corner. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.